Welcome to the Scribe of Worlds. I... <laughs> Are you okay? So come, wander the worlds with me. Welcome to the Scribe's Journal. I'm the Scribe of Worlds, your host. I'm joined yet again by the Violet Author. You're not sick of me yet. No. This has been a great series so far, yes. and I'm looking forward to the rest of our episodes together. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. Today, we are going to be talking a little bit about building the history, digging into the lore of a story, because the prompt for this week is called History, history or, or his... Hi Story. Right. Yep. Um, See, I I was raised Christian, so the joke was always made that it was his story. Yeah. So I flubbed it because I totally went his, his story. story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hi Story. My wife and I have been into Six, the musical recently. Really, really great musical. Fascinating, haven't checked it out. fantastic. All the FX. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> and it's the conclusion they come to is that it's not Charles. It's about Charles and his six wives. And he's the worst. He is. And they make this statement that it's not his story. It's going to be her story because it's about them. So his story was also my brain. But fortunately, I stopped myself, unlike you. I did not. So, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> so, hi, story. Let's start talking about some of the lore. Before you can really get into the story or the plot, you want to start building your world and we'll go more into world building as a general concept but specifically with the lore in another episode in another we'll episode. Go into yeah, world yeah, yeah. another episode yeah specifically with the lore of things the the challenge is to write a history of a town in one of your worlds or in the actual world or a novel that you really enjoy but to write a kind of like fictionalized history account of what that might have been like or if Nonfiction is your thing. Go ahead, write an actual histor- historical account of your town and have fun with it. So we are not nonfictioners ourselves. No, no, we are not. But I have, we I have done that. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. All of my nonfiction reads like fiction, so no one believes it. <laughs> um, let's let's talk shop a little bit. How do you develop a history for a town? I mean, obviously, you have to have a town, right? But how do you start to develop the history? Like, where do you begin? So for me, because I'm a storyteller, I like to I like to make a little lore piece. I like to make a rumor, a oh, what is the word that I'm thinking of? It's not true, but everyone says that it is. A tall tale. Yeah, a, a legend. Tall tale, uh... A legend. There we go. Okay, so the... <laughs> a, a, what I like to do is I like to start with a legend. I like to start with something that you would sit down and your old grandmother would tell you, hmm. uh, and your group of cousins as you sit around the campfire one night. And then I like to find out what that legend really was. Hmm. So it's 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 a it's a mix of things. It can be, oh, a traveler came to our town in a time of need and and blessed us with the rains for our crops to grow. When in reality, a dude came in with some technology and he traded with a neighboring town, and they traded information, 
this is just not going well. I'm really just dying over here. I think it makes complete sense. Yeah, he comes in with technology, which ends up being able to, like, create springs of water right. or whatever. Yeah, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. I'm picking up what you're putting To clarify, <laughs> we just finished eating, and so I have hit food coma levels. Yeah, of eating and, and errands and, like, living life. So Being out in the warm sun. <clears throat> yeah. It's very so if we seem a little bit slower today uh, than, you know, our typical slowness. We are digesting. We, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's interesting because what what it sounds like is you take a fictional place, mm-hmm. you add a fictional story about that place, and then you make a fictionalized true account right. of what that fiction about that fictional place was. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think I... I Start similar, but um, normally I start with the settlers. Mm. So I go, you know, what's the town? Who started it? And why did it start? I remember one story. It was a casual mention, uh, but that there were watering holes nearby. Mm. And so that was just the natural inclination of people to come. There's water. We're going to build a town. And the town grew and grew and grew and was now a bustling metropolis. And that was just casually mentioned. But here now, we want to actually kind of pull pull that out and dive more into it. What are some of the benefits of creating a lore or a history for your world? So they might not always seem apparent, mm-hmm. especially as you're just beginning and the focus is more on your characters. But having a lore for your town allows for you to create a deeper sense of reality for this world, even if things never get mentioned. Even if you never in your stories mention the lore behind this town, it's going to help you visualize better how these townspeople react to different things. Maybe what the fashions would be or what the different dialects might be. Mm-hmm. It just helps individualize it so that you have more fun with it as you go through. The uh, One of the classic world building, city building prompts I've heard is to explain where the waste goes. Yes. Because that's often an overlooked thing, mm-hmm. but usually has huge, huge impacts on the community. I think there was a city that you had actually plotted that out. Yes, I did. Um, I'm really proud of this because this was back when I was a newer writer. I was around 13, 14 years old. And I had just started my first big novel series, which I probably will never finish. I like the concept of it, but it's just a little bit too far away from me now. I made the fatal mistake that you make as an author of basing characters off of people you know and -hmm. relying on those people to write the characters. And then when the people aren't in your life anymore because they graduate and move away, you're no longer able to write those characters because you're not around them anymore. Right. So a tip, don't do that. It's not helpful. (laughs) It seems helpful in the moment, but it's not helpful. But I had a city called the White City. And in it, the waste of this city in a world that was mostly taken over again by grasslands and very apocalypse-styled world. This is the last city standing. All of the waste went underground, but no one ever really mentioned where it went until it was revealed that it was feeding a giant creature that Mm -hmm. was incubating underneath the city, waiting for its master, the one that had put it there, to summon it to destroy the city. So for me, creating the world's lore helped me to put those pieces together of how I was keeping this creature alive, how I was pushing it forward in the story instead of just hiding it to be a random thing last minute. As if the characters could have discovered this if they looked in the right areas. And that helps add to the realism. Absolutely. I don't feel like you have many cities in your world. (laughs) You have more bigger locations. 
that get re-mentioned. Yeah. I'm thinking specifically of the desert location that, oh, two of your characters go to. I really like these characters. Oh, Chimera Circle. Yes, Chimera Circle. Yeah, yeah. So Chimera Circle is referenced in the Miracle Mile. This is, again, in Adventures in Fantasy, which is the current project I'm working on. Yeah, that that was a a challenge to write about because it's in the middle of New Mexico. It's referenced once in a currently published story and is written about in other stories that have not been published yet. But it's in the middle of, like, Navajo territory. And so writing the history of Chimera Circle was kind of a delicate balance because I wanted to honor the indigenous traditions while at the same time tying in the own, the mythology of my world without insulting either or making light of either. And that's, a, that's part of the reason why the, the history isn't published. It's I'm still making sure that everything's tight and neat. But the the history for the characters there is really important because it's it's kind of a plot hook to draw the characters into a bigger quest. And not just the characters, but the readers. I, you remember the first time yes. I read that story, the first thing I asked was, when are they going to come in a circle to yeah. track down this individual? I'm yes. not going to spoil it. you got to read it to figure out how they get to that conclusion. But it, it, it works. Right. Lore works to not only drive in the characters, but the readers as well right and going back to your legend so if you if you have a city and then a legend about that city and then a true fact about that city leaving only the legend Mm -hmm. referenced in your book is great because that will let your again both your readers and your characters have Mm -hmm. to dig into that legend to find out what's true Mm -hmm. so they know well there is a story about someone who came in with the reins we know as the authors that that was a person with technology. Mm-hmm. Well, now the city is going through a drought, let's say. Maybe that's your plot point. Now as they're going through that plot and they're trying to figure out who was this man that came in with the reins, instead of finding a man who brings the rain, they find this old forgotten technology that actually helps bring water out of the ground. There you go. And now all of a sudden you are open to new possibilities. But if you had left in both the legend and the history in your plot then they would know oh we're looking for technology and the realization wouldn't hit the same yes Uh, one of the most impactful examples of a town's history and lore impacting something that already exists in this world is the game horizon zero dawn Hmm. one of my favorite games that i've ever played mostly because the main character is a female and ginger and an archer so like (laughs) everything i've ever loved in my life but in this world, it is completely like, naturalistic. They have basic... They don't even have technology. They just have uh, bows and arrows and swords, and that's how they live. And they have these mechanical creatures that are the animals. And throughout going through the world, even though they never state that there's ever been anything prior, you find these giant spaceships that have landed and that are just part of the world, part of the infrastructures. And they don't go near them because they don't understand them. And you find out that this world was actually previously very technologically advanced, and that's what launches you into the second game. But having that lore already decided on by the authors allowed them to start preparing readers Mm -hmm. for what might be coming in the future. So what examples do you have of lore preparing a character for what comes next in the story, or the readers as well? Yeah, 
I think the biggest example would be my epic fantasy series that I am trying to work on, pretending to work on, where I've developed so much lore for that, that it itself is books on books. Mm-hmm. I, I know which one you're talking about, too. But the uh, having all of that lore in mind helped me develop what the end game is going to be. Mm-hmm. And so I know what that is. And now I can drop hints all throughout my books pointing towards this that when people get to the to the end, they'll look back and they'll say, oh, this is what he's been doing the whole time. I love a good reread that helps you see from the beginning that the author knew what they were doing. Right. And that's what I'm doing with Adventures in Fantasy right now, where, and Violet has heard so many random messages. I've, I've, I don't know how many times I've sent you voice messages. <laughs> yeah. She's like, okay, so this is what's going on, and I know how this works. and and, and Or just randomly, hey, can you send me names for werewolf yeah. YouTubers? Yep. Which was the weirdest message I think I've ever gotten. Really? From you. And that's saying that's a lot. That's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can read that story. It's called Lie Can Subscribe, Dragon Tooth Caverns. Um, but as I've been building this world, I've seen the overarching arc, which is going to lead to a third arc, uh, which is at a much larger scale than the stories I'm working at right now. Mm -hmm. And because of that, because I know where that arc is going, I can start introducing characters who are going to be very plot relevant there and are not as plot relevant here. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very subtle things. There's a lot of things that you aren't going to catch in the stories now that are purposely put there so you'll catch them later Mm -hmm. when you read them after reading another story. Yeah, I love that. So for this specific challenge, we are asking our participants to write about the lore of a town or a large location, the history of it. Mm -hmm. Not just the lore, but the history of it. Right. So where do they start with that? Yeah, I think one, you can either work forwards or backwards. Mm -hmm. So you can have the time where your character is there and then either work back towards when it started Mm -hmm. or you can go all the way back to when it started and work your way forward. Mm -hmm. Or you could just like do a quick overview of, for example, let's say we're we're talking about a nation here, just a quick overview of all the wars they've had or all the times that they haven't existed. Are you going to write about just the times that the nation was there? Or if it's like some of the countries that get eradicated and then come back, are you going to write about every single time that it was gone and then there again? Are you writing about a landmass? Are you writing about a people group? Those are the kinds of questions that you have to decide. But yeah, you can either go back to the beginning, whatever beginning you decide, or you can start from where you are and just kind of work your way back. One thing that I think is important to remember is a lot of times... As you work backwards, there's a regression in technology. Yes. We often overlook that in fantasy because there's kind of a timelessness, especially when you're writing about elves or something with a longer lifespan, where they don't have the need to develop new things. So they've gone centuries with the same stuff because they just don't have a need for developing any further. Right. But if you're writing about a town, if you were writing about a town in the modern day, as you were writing backwards, you'd have a regression of technology. Right. So keeping that, uh, that's another huge thing that might change your perspective as you're writing to be like, oh, I could change how technology is used. I could change how people look at things. Or like the, the game you were talking about, where the further you go back, in fact, there's an advancement yes. in technology. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly a huge loss of that. Well, what caused that loss? Exactly. 
So my personal preference is to start at the very beginning of the town, country, whatever, and then work work my way forward. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's work. So you're hoping this is for us to do an exercise of a timeline. Is that is that what it is? Not quite a timeline. It's more like a, a paragraph bite. Or if you were reading the Encyclopedia Britannica about this, what would you read in that? What's Britannica? The Encyclopedia Britannica. The it's. Have you never seen those, like, 100-volume sets of... It's Wikipedia in book form. Oh! (laughs) Yeah, so what's the Wikipedia article about your town? Oh, okay. So each event has its own little dedicated space of detail, but you don't have to worry about putting too much in because you want to get as much as the history of it as a whole as possible. Or it can be as surface level as this town was founded in... uh, To use our earthly calendar, you know, it was founded in, in... 1886 and was incorporated in 1897 mm-hmm. uh, and then reached population size at this date and then this famous person was born there mm-hmm. you know at this time it can be as simple as that or it can be as in-depth as what you're saying yeah i like it i i think that's a really good exercise i would highly recommend for authors out there applying this to an actual town that is in your main lore it can be so helpful to have this information on file for if you're writing a conversation 20 chapters down the line and all of a sudden the character says, this town has been standing for... And then the author goes, oh crap, how many years has this town mm-hmm. been standing for? You don't have to stop your train of thought, go decide how long the town's been here, and then come back and lose it. You already have it. You have it right there. It's easy. It flows in. It's honestly pretty handy sometimes, I'll be honest, <laughs> to yeah. have that pre-written. Yeah, uh, there's a concept in the writing community called having a story Bible or a world Bible. Mm-hmm. Basically, meaning all the information you have about a world to have in there. Mm-hmm. So you can just open it up to whatever you need. And we'll talk more about getting organized and how do you organize yourself as a writer? How do you keep yourself scheduled? How do you keep all these random bits of information that are floating around in your brain? Mm-hmm pooled and concise in another episode in another episode (laughs) so keep listening (laughs) so once our listeners have picked a town or a location and they've begun doing research and kind of looking into what they want things to look like it can get a little boring sometimes for people like me who are very creative i don't like history i don't even making the history so what would you recommend for people who are struggling to see the creativity in history? Absolutely. Remember that every single moment in a town is a story in someone's life. Mm. Oh, I like that. You can quote that. <laughs> but you don't know if you might want to go back and write a prequel series. You don't know if you're going to want to go back and have flashbacks to earlier in that town. Mm. So kind of That's look true. at it as preparing yourself to meet new people yes to make new friends make new enemies depending to look at your world through a new light i personally love writing lore so this is very easy for me but are there anything is there anything that you found that makes it easier for you for me i like what you said about connecting it to a person one of the easiest ways that i've ever made lore is by writing a story about the lore Now, that can take you away from the main plot and make it difficult, but for me, with one of my stories, uh, it will be called The Augmented Series. It's a trilogy. And the book in the middle is just straight up a prequel. It jumps back in time around 80 years or so, uh, no, 60 years, to a time before the main character following his grandfather. 
And I needed that lore in order to further the plot. And the further that I tried, the harder that I tried to work on the lore of it and the history yeah. of it, I got so distracted and I couldn't focus. So I just focused on one character and I decided that I'd make a story with him in order to walk myself through the history of it, write it real time, and make it not feel like I was writing history, but like I was writing another story. So that can work. If you really need history and you're not feeling the creative spark for it, make another story in yeah. the past and the history will come naturally just like you were world building your first story exactly but i wouldn't do it all the time because otherwise you will have novels upon novels of history for yes. one novel you have not finished yes no absolutely absolutely <laughs> i think another way that you can do it you know one is the wikipedia article one is to do a t just a timeline of basic events yes. and there's some uh computer yes options out there for making a digital timeline Yep. Uh, I'll talk about this later in another episode, but Notebook AI is one of my favorites. Yep. It allows you to use the timeline and link characters and all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. But another way to do it is to write short vignettes from yes. each year or from each event. So, for example, if we're going to go back to the, the town that I was making up earlier. So you write one about the founders. Mm -hmm. Who were the first founders of this town? Mm. And write a short story about them actually founding it and a celebratory feast. Like a story time capsule. Yeah. And then uh, when it gets incorporated, I still don't know what it means for a town to be incorporated. So do some research. Find out what it means for a town to be incorporated. I don't know but, what it means for a town to be incorporated. Yeah. So write a story about that happening and get to do a little bit of research on your own. When the famous person is born in that town or when it hits a certain population size, write a, a short vignette. doesn't even have to be very long. Just write a paragraph mm -hmm. or two and then just kind of work through your events like that. And then you can kind of parse out Again, if you want to make a Wikipedia article type thing, you can kind of parse out what was mentioned in that story because you wrote it in story format and put basic boring information down instead. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that a lot. I, I almost picture a diary almost. Yeah. Like a town diary of people going through and each person opening up to a new page and writing about a new special event that happened in that town. Yeah. There's a, uh, a an incredible series that I'm going to butcher the name of. So I'm going to look it up. Um, okay, I can't find it, but it's a, it's a British series. I think it's like eight, seven or eight books, and it's about just this one guy's life. Wow. It starts nine months before he's born and ends the day he dies. And I haven't read the entire thing, but... I got through most of it and it, it details his life and growing up. It shows a history of that world through his family, you know, specifically through him because he lives to be like almost a hundred, but shows his family's life and what happens to all of them. So the same sort of thing, like a town diary or like a family journal yeah. of each generation writing down what happened to them. Mm -hmm. Even better, it could link to your main character. Yes. It could be the history of your main character. And then you start a story or you go back to a story armed with not only the uh, the town's history, but with a huge portion of what motivates your character, what motivated his ancestors. Does he care those same motivations or are they interested in finding new adventures for themselves? 
Do they want to stay in this same old town where all of their family has come before? Do they want to go out and find adventure? What think, level hobbit are they? Are they yeah. Sam or are they Frodo? <laughs> right, right. Or are they Merry and Pippin who just get dragged along for the ride? Yes, I love that. Are there any books that you can think of that use lore very well in this way? Or like work in the history? Because I can think of very bad examples. Or maybe we could just make fun of people who do this. I don't care. But like Les Mis. I don't know if you've ever read Les Mis. Oh, no. Anything by Victor Hugo. I've never read it. If you want a detailed history of the Battle of Waterloo and Napoleon's defeat. Fascinating. You don't need to read a history book. You can literally just read Les Mis. And he tells you in excruciating detail down to like what the troops are shouting. The details of his defeat, of Napoleon's defeat. Just to tell you that there's a soldier looting bodies afterwards. All he had to say was... After the Battle of Waterloo, right. Tenardier was out robbing bodies. That sounds like a hyper-focus moment to me. He probably <laughs> didn't even notice he was writing it, and then he was like, oh, and uh, about my book, Well, it's yeah, right. there's a dude. Right. It's it's In reality, it's getting paid by the word. Mm-hmm. That'll do it for you. But do you have any, any examples of people who do it really well, or really poorly? I'm down to hear other ones. I only recently started, like, reading, reading again. No, I understand. Which has been, it's been interesting. It's, I, I spent so long writing and not giving myself time to read. And I realized how much I'm missing out on, on mm-hmm. not reading. Because in reality, when you're an author, reading is studying on how to be a better author. Yeah. Either by seeing what other authors are doing and deciding that you like it or you don't like it. Or even just noting, hey, all of these books have had this done grammatically. Maybe I've been doing this wrong grammatically. But I think one story that's interesting to me is one that I, I read very recently called When Women Were Dragons. Oh, yes. Absolutely fascinating book. I loved it. It went through the time of just before the women's suffrage movement, but with a twist of back in the day, women were able to turn into dragons, called something called the dragoning. And through this story, you get a really good sense of not only the history of this world, but the history of society in its whole in America. But something that's really interesting is the unspoken past history that never really gets put into. Hmm. You actually see through the mother and grandmother's reactions to things how our main character is supposed to, historically, react to situations. Like, they are, in her mother and grandmother's perspective, she is supposed to quit her job when she gets married. And when she gets married, that should be her focus, quit her job and become a homestead person. And that's what she should do. And we hear about this through a, a series of events where... Her aunt tells her about how her mother was an extremely talented mathematician and how she was so good at things that she was one of the first women to get into college classes and all of these things. Hmm. And then when the question comes up, well, what happened? It was a very simple answer of, I got married. Because that was an expectation. If that lore, which this is a little bit of a cheat because it is real history and so the author was able to use that. but right. With, if the author had not pre-written that lore, they would not have had the mother's pre-expected responses, yeah. which would have impacted how the main character grew up. Yeah. So lore can impact generations, and it can also impact the main character and their story. And the side characters. And the side characters. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point of when you know your world, you can not only write your characters better, mm-hmm. but you can write the culture better. You can write the the tensions between generations or between cultures or other towns or, or other nations or whatever it is. You can just write that so much better because you know where you're coming from. Speaking of tensions from other nations, 
you yeah. have an example of that with Ravensker. Oh, with with Raven. Yeah, 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 yeah. And his his uh his friend. His best friend. Yeah. So, so Ravensker is an unpublished uh, novella, which is also interesting because it started as a lore. It did start as a lore. as a as a lore story. I had a series. Well, I should I shouldn't say a series. I had a a novel idea when I was very young. I uh, started writing it. Didn't know how to write. Gave up. Came back to the character and decided to to write how he came to be, mm-hmm. and it is a, a novella currently that's unpublished, but it details his growing up years. So the part that you're referring to is he has another culture come to where he lives, and one person from that culture is left while everyone else leaves, and there's kind of this, not so much tension, but more confusion mm-hmm. between the, oh, is that how you do things? And there's a reason for that. A very I, fluffy reason. For that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, very light and fluffy. Um, sometimes a little bit of claws reason for that. That I will. <laughs> I'm. I'm hoping that it will actually be a published, uh, whether a novella or a whole novel. I'm hoping that will that will become something that I'll be able to share with everyone. But mm-hmm. I would like to write the entire uh, setup to where the my original novel idea started before I actually release it. Yeah. But yeah, that that byplay of having a character looking at your character's world for the first time mm-hmm. is really great because now you get to write about your character's world through a different perspective. Yes. Because up until now, it's the norm. And now once you introduce a new character, you can start pointing out things that are actually a little weird. Mm-hmm. And that also your reader might not have noticed because it's just the accepted norm. Mm-hmm. For example, if everyone eats a certain dish... And now an outsider comes in and eats that dish and says, oh my gosh, this is so spicy. Well, now you know that this is a culture that uses heavy spices, which you might not have known unless there was a cooking scene. But let's face it, who wants to write a detailed cooking scene? Gordon Ramsay. Yes. Gordon Ramsay would love that. Yeah, I'm sure he would. Could you imagine Gordon Ramsay writing a novel? A fantasy novel. (laughs) No, it would more like be Guy Fieri writing about his adventures in Flavortown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the this is completely off topic but i don't care have you seen the D module escape from flavortown i have not i don't know if it's a joke or not so when are we gonna play it <laughs> i i don't know but stay tuned we might actually podcast that one too oh my gosh that'd be so much fun and and let's just jump off the D springboard real quick oh we have a, a couple more minutes just a few more minutes but how does D lore building mm-hmm and lore building for your world go hand in hand because i know you are both a game master and a player mm-hmm. of dnd so how does that how is that similar or is, how is that different so it's both similar and different when you are writing a novel you usually end up just stating what you expect to state for the history Hmm. So if you don't go into the history of this one town it's okay because you can just avoid that town or talk right. about it in detail in D&D, you have a bunch of little gremlin children who will decide to destroy your plot, run around amok, and enter towns that you just had on the map for fun as names and expect to have lore and details. Right. So with D&D, you are forced to have history for a lot of things. Although chat GBT has been helping, <laughs> shh, shh, shh. helping a lot lately. We don't, we don't talk about For on the fly stuff, <laughs> right, of right, course. I'm sure, Please, I'm sure. authors, <laughs> refrain from using chat GBT to Or any novels. AI, yeah. Any AIs. Whew, we have a whole tangent on that, but we won't. We today. won't. Not this time. Not this time. Um, 
So it is a little bit different in D&D. You have to have so much more under your belt because you, you aren't expecting where the story is going to go. You're kind of just mm. letting, giving them a world and letting go of the reins. But in your book, you can have cities that don't have a history. I think it's boring, personally. I like <laughs> giving little history bits to places that you're only mentioning once. Mostly because if you get famous and go on tour, then you have an arsenal of fun facts hidden on your That's belt true. to share at uh, Q&As. That's very true. But I'm a little far in the future as someone who still hasn't published anything. So <laughs> We'll um, get there. We can't yeah. all be Brandon Sanderson. But we could be close. We could be much closer to Brandon Sanderson <laughs> than, than we, we are, are now. Current. Yeah, on that same exact topic, one of the things that Brandon Sanderson, who's one of the most prolific fantasy authors that we have currently, modern, is he says that what the author should know should be like an iceberg. Mm-hmm. What the readers see is the very small t- part above the water, but the author knows all of it, including the entire portion that's under the water. Yeah. For someone who's a pantser, who writes by the seat of the pants and just kind of wings it the whole time, that's really difficult mm-hmm. because we just kind of want to see what happens and, you know, let's find out about the world as we find out about it. But it's really important to do that, but write it down. Yeah. Be consistent and remember that all of your lore writing does not have to be in the story. True. You do not have to have a detailed history of the Battle of Waterloo and Napoleon's defeat just to tell me. That there was a guy robbing bodies and that he stole something from a dying soldier who made him promise to look after his son. That's the only thing that's plot relevant. And unless you're getting paid by the word, most readers are going to kind of push that aside. Right. They may even do a little skim, as we've all been prone to do. Yes. <laughs> we reach a spot that we aren't quite interested in. Yes. So uh, w- just, to, just to wrap up. I would say how to include the lore in your stories if you want to. Mm -hmm. Some people have success through flashbacks. Some people have success through having little plaques or something like they read a little portion of the history of the world. Other people have glossaries in the back and will include the history of towns and characters or pronunciations, which is a whole nother topic. But if you include pronunciations, kudos to you. And so there are ways to include the lore because I know a lot of people get excited about your lore and you want to share it. That's great. Mm -hmm. Share it. It doesn't always have to be in the book because that can drag the narrative down. Oh, yeah. So we are out of time, but make sure that you keep writing. Write me a little history. And again, it can be nonfiction. If that's your thing. It can be nonfiction. It doesn't have to be included in your main overall plot or it can be. It really is up to you. Have fun with this. It's not a normal, exciting prompt thing but it's super useful and super handy to have done yeah so i i like this one a lot even though i'm not a huge fan of it i like it a lot (laughs) and save it back it up Mm -hmm. and make sure you go back and compare notes yes and if you want to change it make sure you change all drafts because otherwise you'll be very confused about what's the true lore of your world (laughs) and i think we both speak from personal experience oh my goodness but either way have a great week and wander well goodbye